Okay, welcome inside another edition of Indy Star Preps Weekly, coming to you live this week from Roncalli, home of the Royals. I'm Brian Hensch, joined by Kyle Nedrip and current picks leader, Akeem Glasby. Uh, Akeem, how are you? I'm good. I appreciate the respect up top. Makes me feel good. <laughs> it's good. Kyle, how are you? I'm hanging in there, two games behind, and uh, Akeem made me wear the same shirt as I wore last week because I'm trailing. i got to change shirts next week if I win. Kyle's not overly superstitious, so he's going to wear that shirt yes. until he gets a winning week. Yes, I think that's how he's just going to have to wear this for the rest of the year now. I probably wow. shouldn't have pointed that out. Maybe <laughs> maybe people wouldn't have noticed. would have been fun to see if anybody would have noticed. <laughs> well, we're back here. What week is it, Kyle? Week, week seven? Eight. Eight? Week eight, yes. Week eight, wow. Selections and, show? Yes, I was going to say. Selections this week, and we'll have a show, right? You will. We'll be live on FaceBat. We'll be live on Twitter Spaces. We'll be coming to you live at 8 o'clock after Kyle finishes riding his 10 takeaways after the four-hour marathon of a show finishes up. <laughs> Hopefully people call in early. And um, what is it? Telethons those used to be a thing. Uh-huh. Maybe if enough people call in and donate money to something, like maybe us, maybe just us, just donate money to us, we can make the show end quicker. <laughs> Akeem? Yeah, no comment. <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. Whatever. Not a, he's it's not a team idea. player. He gets the picks lead, and suddenly Kyle and I are just like chopped liver. <laughs> anyway, for that, we're going to start with Kyle in the game that you had last week. Carmel um, hosted Ben Davis, correct? Um, game that was a little back and forth early, but Carmel pulled away? Yeah, really good game, I thought. It was 21-14. Uh, to 14. Carmel ended up winning. Uh, kind of the story of the game was Reese Bellin and just phenomenal uh, game he had and it was it was close very close early kind of a defensive struggle but uh, you know still an exciting game I thought for even you know both teams not really scoring points uh, but uh, teams kind of moving up the field and we get stopped but uh, before halftime there uh, Reese Bellin caught a little out pattern from uh, uh, Jack Kazmierzak and looked like he was just going to run out of bounds kind of goes off to the left side uh, and he said after the game like I didn't see anybody there so I cut it back to the right well, it turns out to a 73-yard uh, touchdown. He split like three Ben Davis defenders. I mean, just a, it's on uh, on our IndyStar.com uh, plays of the week and stuff like that, so you can see it there. But uh, phenomenal play, and he he was kind of the the story there late. Ben Davis had a chance. They they tied it 14-14 in the fourth quarter. Uh, had the ball, a uh, few mistakes here and there, and, and and Jason Simmons a little disappointed after the game with how they handled some of those missed opportunities. Uh, Carmel gets the ball back. Uh, they get a pass interference call that was huge, kept the drive alive. The ball was going to Bellin again. And then on third down from the three, Kazmierzak uh, throws a kind of a fade pattern to Bellin, who was single covered, and uh, he caught it easily. And that was kind of the difference uh, in the game. So he ends up with six catches for 139. A lot of it was on that uh, 73 yard pass. But, you know, in a game where it wasn't like a ton of offense. Uh, six for 139 was was a lot, and, and they targeted him uh, so often. And, and I mean, he's, you know, to me, you know, he's got Indiana State offer. He's got you know Butler, Valpo, you know, some some uh, smaller schools at this point. And, and if Indiana State can get him, awesome. But uh, I can't imagine some little bit bigger schools won't come in. He's got the speed. He's got the you know the he's not super tall, but he's got good enough size for a, uh, a guy who can play on the on the at, in the slot or I think split out. Uh, so I, just, I can't imagine he won't. And he's just got that ability as a receiver. Sometimes you just see it where a guy just knows how to make plays. And, and this is a really good – I wrote it in my Monday column, but just a really good year for receivers. You know, Marcus Reese on the other side for that – in the Ben Davis side, uh, you know, he had not 
one of his biggest games, but I think he was about eight for 80. And again, in a game like that, you know, that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, but he's a great receiver. I mean, you find a lot of really good receivers around the area this year. And, and you know, Ahmad Duff, who I covered the week before, uh, Noah Coy uh, from Center Grove is on his way to being a great receiver, already is, I think. Uh, so just a really good year uh, for that position. And Reese Bellin, you know, especially Desmond Duffy's out for the year now. Uh, oh, he's, wow. not, he's not going to return uh, the Ohio commit. And just imagine with those two how dynamic they would be if he was fully healthy. Uh, but Bellin's kind of taking that, uh, you know, taking the torch there, and, and he's run with it. And uh, credit uh, uh, Kazmierzak, too, because he's he knows where to go with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's no question uh, that's his first read on almost – and when he's single covered, I mean, what you know, that's what you got to do. I mean, so that's just a smart play. And, and even John Hebert said it after the game. He's like, you know, he knows what his reads are. A lot of times he thinks his best read is Reese, and that's a good – decision <laughs> that's a special connection between those two they've come up and playing together for a long time and you mm-hmm. can tell too just watch them having covered them early in the season that those two it's sort of like a safety blanket they know where to look for each other and get each other open find opportunities like that and it's it's fun to watch and fun to see them develop over the this year yeah there's a lot of trust there i think is is probably what i'd say and you know they're a team now they're five and two and uh, with that combination between those two and their defense is very athletic um you know not many teams have held ben davis i don't think anybody's held them to 14 at least with their uh full offense like they have right now uh so that's pretty pretty impressive uh, will helt uh who's going to purdue uh just you know at six six you just don't see guys that athletic who can chase people down in the open field and and turn and, and make uh you know tur- turn of direction and things that he can do so you know winston berglund and all that all that side of the ball uh, christian peterson is is another player in the secondary and on special teams he's a guy to watch he's playing some offense now uh he's a division one type player so you know they've got a lot of guys on both sides of the ball they're going to be a dangerous team i think and i i don't i'm not sure they're not the favorite when you look at the bracket and we'll talk about the bracket uh, Sunday when we do our show, but they may be the team to beat on that side of the bracket. No no offense to HSE because I think they're right there too. But when you look at that side, and we'll take a closer look, like I said, Sunday, but uh, I'm not sure Carmel's not the team to beat Absolutely. on that side anyway. Absolutely. Um, Akeem, um, your game from last Friday, I asked you about it before the show and it completely slipped my mind. Yeah, I was here uh, for Ron Colley versus Louisville Mayo. That's right. And and the offensive line once again shined for Ron Colley, a story that you had up uh, today on them. Yeah, um, it was actually a close game heading into the fourth quarter. It was tied at 7-7 and then Ron Colley kind of takes over from there. Uh, four, uh, Luke Hansen, the running back, ends up with four touchdowns. Uh, the, Roncalli gets an interception, and then on the next play, Hanson goes 58 yards for a touchdown. Uh, he ended with 317 yards, four touchdowns. It's his third 300 rush, 300 plus rushing uh, performance this season. And yeah, I mean, like uh, after the game, I was able to talk to their coach, and that's the culture that they want. They want to be in shape, they want to be physical, and they're they're going to run it down your throat. And um, Hanson, he carries that load very well. I mean. He's averaging, you know, almost 28, 30 carries a game. And he also played like 10 to 15 snaps on defense as well. So just that kind of that the warrior-like mentality. I mean, he's a wrestler. Uh, he comes from a family of wrestlers. His father wrestler, wrestled. His older brothers wrestled. And talking to his dad, that's kind of where that toughness comes from. You know, when you, you grow up, you know, roughhousing with your brothers, you can't be soft. You know, <laughs> you're going to grow some toughness. And he kind of shows that on the football field with the way he runs and kind of the just how physical he is. And then you obviously have to give credit to that offensive line. I mean, three of the players there are going to play uh, Division One. Uh, at the Division One level, led by Trevor Lauk uh, at left tackle, they're going to Iowa. 
I mean, he's obviously, they're, they're big human beings. Like I said, I know I coined the phrase solar eclipse, but those guys are, are really large and they move bodies. And when you have that, it's kind of the, the symbiotic relationship between the running back and the offensive line. I mean, and, and uh, Luke makes people miss too. It's not just, he's not just hammering away. He has some shiftiness and some speed because he had a 73-yard touchdown run in that game as well that kind of opened it up a little bit. So, I mean, he shows his speed and kind of a vision. And then obviously the offensive line gets the job done as well. And then the defense only allowed uh, seven points. Uh, Louisville scored on a 75-yard touchdown. Um, so, and the kid has a, actually the kid that scored the touchdown, Antonio Harris, has a Purdue offer. So he's he's no slouch either. The kid has wheels. But yeah, so but uh, definitely a tough performance from Ron Colley. It wasn't as wasn't as lopsided as the score kind of showed. And they could be in for another test uh, this week that we'll get to later. Ron Colley moves to seven and zero on the year. Um, beyond this week, what's the next big in-state test for Ron Colley? I'll pose that question to both of you guys. New pal. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah. That's I think that's what everyone want, would want to see is kind of when they can meet up and what that would look like. Because yeah, that's. I mean, th- like I said, this, the game last week was definitely a test, but the ultimate test certainly seems to be New Pal in, in, in that division. So I that say be, that tongue in cheek a little bit because we still got a ways to go. Yes, but, no one's. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to anyone on, sure, on yeah. either schedule, but I mean, if I had to choose two teams to kind of be the, the top of the class, there, it's, it's those two. And they're in the same sectional, right? So we can. Uh, they would play in the regional, so the regional, be, okay. Uh, you know, the week after the sectional championship, but yeah, I mean, that's that's. Uh, I think people, if you look at the four A. And four is very good again, so you don't overlook anybody mm-hmm. uh, because you know there are teams out there that that can uh, get you on a given night. But man, I just those two teams. I think if you put those two, and we can always do this and and uh, guess or you know, but if you put them in six A, yeah. I kind of wonder how they would do because I, I, there's not a lot of teams I don't think that could beat either one of them. Yeah, especially, I mean, if we're talking linemen, New Pal has three high caliber yeah. Division One linemen too. So I mean, just strength for strength, it's. It's, you couldn't really pick, you know, who had the obvious kind of advantage on either side. So that'll be a matchup if it happens for the ages. Awesome, awesome. Um, looking back at last week, I know there were some ridiculous catches. There's the one that Tri West had where the dude just sort of, you know, bear pot it down, didn't even tuck it as a coach pointed out on Twitter, just sort of pulled it in and waltzed into the end zone. That was pretty sick. Man, yeah, did, did we check his hands for Stickum? That was amazing. Uh-huh. I called Cole Morgan, who made that catch uh, Sunday and uh, talked to him about that play, and he sent me a picture yesterday, which I posted on Twitter too, an actual picture of how close the defender was. Uh, a kid from North Montgomery was right with him, basically, on his left side, because watching on video, you're kind of – I was like, Cole, why did you just put one hand up? And he's like, well, the the defender on his side, as he was running to the end zone, was basically right on his arm. You know, he mm-hmm. was, wasn't holding him, but he was running right on him. Uh, so he just stuck his hand out, and the ball from 37 yards out was right here, and he just pulled it in, or he didn't pull it in. He just held his hand up here, like this, as he runs through the end zone. So it was one. I I'm, I don't think I've seen, you know, it was sort of like Odell, except Odell, you know, he just didn't pull it. He just kept running with the ball <laughs> in his hand, like the Statue of Liberty. Stuck there. Yeah, it just stuck there. So I don't know if I've seen a catch like. I'm not saying it's the greatest ever. It's got to. I mean, it's one of the best I've seen. But uh, but he said, yeah, he he ran his route kind of too far. Uh, to the outside, like outside the numbers, and it, he was getting short, sort of close on uh, being able to be in the end zone. So he just kind of stuck his hand up and hoped for the best. <laughs> you know, is is un, unreal. I mean, I, again, I don't, especially from that distance. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was a little lob from two yards. It was thirty-seven yard pass. So, uh, but yeah, that one. The it was a lot of like wild. Uh, the Pendleton Heights uh, rugby play. I ended up going out there and writing about that. Is there a, all those kids are on the rugby team. 
Uh, so that was a cool play too. But yeah, a lot of just weird, wild stuff happened Friday night. Uh, and you never know. I mean, you kind of hope for that every week and there's always some great plays, but those were two of the, the wild and weirdest ones of the week. Um, in terms of results, would anything jump out to you boys? Um, Wins, losses, ties, et cetera? I mean, I, w- I would say Lawrence North's win over uh, Warren was pretty surprising. Mean, I know we talked about Warren kind of needing to figure out the quarterback situation, but, you know, uh, Lawrence North was a, a young team as well. You know, I was I talked to their coach early in the season, and they said they're still trying to figure some things out. I talked to them after their loss to LC. You know, they're just trying to figure some things out on offense, and they have a lot of young guys relying on a lot of sophomores. So I guess that win shows Lawrence North's growth. You know, that those sophomores are, you know, they're seven, eight games in now, seven games in. So maybe those sophomores are playing like juniors now. And that, that's kind of showing with the performance over a talented Warren Central team. Yeah, and, and uh, piggybacking on that, Samarian Ford for Lawrence North yeah. had an unbelievable – he returned to interception for a touchdown, had a fumble recovery, had ten tackles, three sacks. I mean, you talk about a, a night uh, to have, and he, he did that for – uh, Lawrence North so that yeah big win they've beat them three years in a row now in the regular season so that kind of shows how far uh, that program has come because you, if you would have said that a decade ago I mean that would have been you know just foolish to even think that so uh, credit Pat Mallory and that staff and that that program for you know kind of sustaining over time you know they're not they're maybe not a team you would think of as maybe a state title contender but even this year where you know they're losing quite a bit from last year they're still able to sustain that's a sign of a good uh, program and some stability uh, for that program so a uh, good win yeah i think warren probably dealing with some you know quarterback issues that uh, they're going to have to get sorted out but again we talked about them they're in a very winnable sectional so if they can get things right by the time they would see probably Center Grove in the regional, then, you know, they played Center Grove pretty tough in week one, so you never know. But, uh, but yeah, my a big one we talked about last week, uh, Cecina beat Triton Central, a uh, game that came down to. Wilson covered that game for us, but came right down to the wire, and I think that sets up those teams could play each other again in the sectional, you know, and could be first round. We'll find out Sunday. But uh, that game, Cecina won by one point. Uh, Triton Central tried to run it in from – they got an offsides call and then tried to run it in from the one-and-a-half-yard line, couldn't uh, do it. Uh, so that, man, right down to the wire. So that sets up to be a really good potential matchup uh, in the sectional again. Absolutely. Before we get to the picks and how everybody did last week, was there anything else that, that jumped out to you guys, or was that a pretty calm week otherwise? Yeah, I mean, it was sort of a – there were, there were some good – I mean, I was happy the game I covered, the, the Carmel game. And, um, you know, I think uh, Akeem's game – you know, looking at Louisville Mel is always one of the better teams, bigger school out of Louisville. So I think that, again, speaks to what Ron Colley's doing. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it was sort of a – there weren't any huge, like, changes in the rankings this week necessarily. It wasn't that type of a week. But uh, I think pretty much status quo. And we're kind of to the point of the year, too, where I think people are ready to see what the sectional draw will bring. And then next week uh, we'll have some huge games with uh, Brownsburg HSC and uh, Center Grove Cathedral. So oh, wow. uh, that's a lot to look forward to That'll next week. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be real fun. Speaking of the sectional draw, again, Sunday night, 8 o'clock, we'll be live. Indy Star, Facebook, social media channels. Kyle's, I think, will go live on his Spaces page if you've been listening on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, to Kyle's uh, post-game shows, we'll be uh, simulcasting on there for the audio-only feeds. Um, but it should be fun. We did this last year. It was it was a lot of fun to do that, and you all be welcome to get involved with us because we'll be live live. So um, you can ask questions and uh, all that good stuff, and we'll we'll prepare you and get you ready. Yeah, I think Facebook. Uh, you mentioned it, but yeah, Facebook and and on our Indie Star. So yeah, it'll be we'll have a lot of uh, fun, I think, and uh, a lot of surprises in store that we have planned. Right? 
Oh, yeah. Plenty of surprises. <laughs> All the surprises. I think Akeem's going to come out of a cake. I'm going to be wearing a bow tie. There you go. Kyle's going to do something. It's going to be great. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a weather report from Clark. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, let's get to the picks. And first off, a recap of last week. The boys tied at 7-3 and three each, so Akeem maintains his two-game lead. Um, there's not really much else to say. I feel like we fired those bullets at the beginning of the show, and now we're just uh, we're ready to get into the picks. It's another big week here for Kyle to try and come back. I'm, I'm working. I try to pick some good games that are possibly get Akeem uh, think, <laughs> thinking too much. Let's see what happens. <laughs> we need some Speedway games in here because that's Akeem's school, so if you get them in the right matchup, that could be an easy game for him. He's going to pick the plugs no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, he's contractually obligated. <laughs> Go spark plugs. <laughs> First game, we got Martinsville six and one at Mooresville five and two. Kyle, this is your game on Friday night. What do you make of this matchup? Should be a great game. And uh, I'm sorry, Mooresville coming off back to back losses, so this will be a key. They gave up 48 points uh, last week to uh, Whiteland. Uh, Whiteland was also coming off a loss, so they were able to to kind of get it right. We've talked about Mooresville has relying so much on Nick Patterson. You know, how does that? Uh, abode for this week and, and against a Martinsville team that's just been playing really good football and talking about uh, a lot of good teams in in, uh, in that class. I mean, they're they're definitely in in 4A. They're definitely a team that's going to be uh, hard to beat. Um, I'm going to take Mooresville. I think to bounce back in this one and, and beat Martinsville I, again might be a little bit of an upset pick, but uh, I, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Coach Gilly and, and the uh, and the Pioneers to get right and not go through a three-game losing streak. Akeem? Yeah, I'm actually going Martinsville. I mean, wow. um, like right Kyle was saying, yeah, uh, Mooresville, they, they're putting a lot on Patterson's shoulder. And, again, if, if the defense is starting to, to falter a little bit, I mean, that puts even more pressure on, on Nick Patterson to kind of carry the load offensively. And Martinsville's defense has actually been improving, and they have a great uh, three-headed mar- uh, monster on offense led by uh, Atkins, at quarterback. So I'm going Martinsville. That should be a great atmosphere too. I think that'll be a fun, a fun game. And Mike Gillen, though, you know, he always seems to find a way to to, to get them going. So uh, should be good though. I think Brian Duggar's done a great job with that Martinsville program to get them where they are. First game right off the bat, we have a difference with uh, Kyle going with Mooresville, Akeem going with Martinsville. Game two, Lawrence Central four and three at Ben Davis, also four and three. Um, does Ben Davis bounce back this week, Akeem? Yeah, um, I know Kyle has been able to do some a lot of kind of reporting on LC's defense. He had a story on Joshua Mickens last week. Uh, their safety, Trent Baker Booker, just committed to mm-hmm. Virginia. So, I mean, imagine that, a defense with an LSU commit and a Virginia commit and an Alabama, you know, baseball commit on the other side. That that, that team is just has a lot of uh, talent, and I like what uh, Coach Patterson's been doing with them. So, I'm going LC. I, know, I don't know if that would be an upset, but I just kind of like – the progression of LC's defense and what they've been able to do. So I'm going LC. Akeem's on the Bears. Kyle, who are you with? Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Ben Davis in this one. And uh, I was debating it. Now that Akeem took LC, I'm going to go <laughs> the other direction. But I, I think Ben Davis, this is basically for the Mick championship too. Ben Davis has another uh, Mick game next week. I think it's North Central. Uh, so they'd be favored pretty heavily to win that one. But then uh, uh, LC's done with the Mick this week. So if they can win this game, they would win the Mick, which is a pretty good uh, feather in your cap, obviously, if you can do that. Um, and I think this will be a really good game. I'm curious to see how uh, Akeem mentioned that Ben da- or that uh, LC defense, and you know you don't even mention Tylen Cunningham. Uh, you know, and he's probably the leading, I think, the leading tackler on that. So you've got all kinds of talent on that side of the ball, and they had a shutout last week. So trending in the right direction again after uh, Center Grove kind of lit him up uh, the week beforehand. So you know that's that's going to be a good game. I think uh, Ben Davis. I just like the way uh, if you missed our. Uh, 
uh, highlights. Elijah Price made one of the best runs I've seen all season against Carmel. Uh, he, he somehow cut back, uh, spun uh, to his right, cut back through the middle of the Carmel. Very good defense, broke two tackles, and it was like a – I want to say like a 22-yard gain, but you won't see any better 22-yard gains than that was. <laughs> that kid's electric. He's only a sophomore. And that, sometimes you don't even talk about him because we've got Kowski and Marcus Reese and, and all the talent they have. Uh, but, man, he's he's phenomenal. And uh, uh, Dustin Beauchamp also, too, at, at running back, who had a 73-yard uh, reception as well. So just a lot of weapons. I, I kind of like uh, – Ben Davis to come back after that Carmel game and, and get things right. I think they're they're going to be motivated because uh, they felt like they left some stuff on the field last week. All right, another game difference between those two. Uh, next up, we have Westfield four and three at Fishers. It's five and two. Kyle, this uh, might be a little bit of ups, upset pick too. I'm going to take Westfield uh, to beat uh, Fishers. I, I think you know. I'm not sure why uh, I'm going to pick them, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to pick them. Fishers, I really liked uh, the way uh, Kobe Martin and that team's been playing. They were down by a point to Franklin Central last week, and uh, basically won and scored the last two touchdowns and and win going away in a, against a pretty tough uh, opponent there. But uh, I'm going to take Westfield. I just think uh, I don't know why. I'm just going to take them. Akeem? <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, Kendall Gar- Garnett's been giving Westfield a big boost at running back. He had over 100 yards uh, last week, but I'm actually going Fishers uh, again. Kobe Martin's a great running back. You know, three 100-yard games. So I'm going to go Fishers. So I guess we're going to just keep differing. Three <laughs> games in, and we could have a new leader by the time. We Woo. might just have to stop the count here. Honestly, <laughs> let's let's go all 10 different. How about that? <laughs> we'll see. We'll circle back to Ron Colley at the end here, since that's where we're hosting. Okay. Uh, Garen Catholic four and three at East Central six and one. Akeem. Yeah, uh, East Central, is their offense is averaging over 38 points per game. I expect it to be a shootout on offense or on both sides, so I'm going East Central. Kyle? Yeah, I had I had a chance to see this East Central team last year, and uh, Josh Roller, is one. Of, he was a sophomore last year. Uh, he's averaging about, I think, nine over nine yards a carry uh, this season so far. He's one of the best running backs. I don't know if people around East Central's kind of over there by Cincinnati, so – you, know, you probably don't hear as much about them, but uh, you know they beat. Uh, I covered them last year against Mooresville, and they kind of handed it to them. Uh, I really came away liking the way that team plays. Well coached, uh, you know, good team. So, unfortunately, we're not going to differ on every game. I'm going to take uh, uh, East Central to win. Garen's uh, Ryan Zimmerman, by the way, is out for the season. Unfortunately, the quarterback who got off to a great start, his uh, collarbone injury is going to keep him out uh, the rest of the year. So, unfortunate loss for Garen, uh, but uh, their backup kid, the sophomore kid, has been playing pretty well. Um, Center Grove at Lawrence North. Center Grove six and one on the year. Lawrence North three and four. Kyle. Yeah, we talked about Lawrence North and, and trending the right way, and and they go into this game. I don't think they're going to be scared at all of, of Center Grove. They've played them close before, uh, but I just think Center Grove. You know, they they've got this game with Cathedral the next week. I'm sure they would want to take some momentum into that game. Uh, but I think this is a game people may sleep on this game a little bit and not uh, think it's going to be very good. I think it's going to be a, a pretty close game. Uh, I'll take Center Grove by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is what people would call a trap game. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, Center Grove can get caught looking for, uh, forward or getting caught looking ahead. But I, I think they take care of business. I'm going Center Grove. Carmel 5-2 and two at Warren Central 3-4, and four, Akeem. Yeah, again, we kind of talked about Warren and the struggles that they have uh, on, on offense and kind of with the quarterback position. Carmel doesn't seem to have those uh, problems on offense with the connection that their quarterback has with their receivers. So I'm going Carmel. Yeah, and for years this is – 
been one of the hottest rivalries. I've mean, covered so many of these games between these programs. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, you had, you know, Kevin Wright had coached at uh, Warren and then coached at Carmel, and there was a lot of connection between the two programs over the years, uh, two of the most successful programs uh, in state history. Uh, so a lot of, you know, when you think to this game, you think about the uniforms on the field and the talent uh, that's played against each other over, over the years. So, uh, But I, I just think Carmel right now is in a better spot, more veteran team in, in a lot of ways and at a lot of positions. And, and talking to John Hebert after the game, he really likes the way when they were 0-2, uh, there was no panic or no, you know, they knew they had a good team. They knew they played two really good opponents, uh, Trinity and Center Grove, to start the year. Uh, I kind of like where this the mentality of this, this Carmel team, and I think they're going to win Friday night. Park Tudor 5-2 and two versus Covenant Christian 4-3, and three, Kyle. Yeah, this should be a really good – it's a, it's a 2-1-A teams that uh, are, I think, probably, you know, you would say – roughly top 10 or right in that range in 1A. Uh, it's a series that hasn't gone on for a whole – Covenant Christian hasn't had a, a program that long. But, you know, they won the first three games between these teams. Park Tudor won a close game last year. Uh, still, Park Tudor pro- lost some seniors last year that were very uh, crucial to their team. Uh, but D.J. Gordon's still there at quarterback. Um, you know, they still have, a you know, same coach, Spencer Somerville, who's kind of built this program up over time. Uh, this should be a really good game. It should, I think, going to be a lot of points on the board, something like you know, thirty-eight to thirty-one. But I'll take uh, Park Tudor. Kim, um, I'm actually going to go Covenant Christian again. Like Kyle was saying, this is a sneaky good quarterback matchup between uh, mm-hmm. DJ Gordon and Tony Flat. Both guys can really have c- complete control of their offense. They can, uh, you know, move the offense well and put some points on the board, like Kyle was saying. But I'm going Covenant Christian. Um, Eastern from Greentown, five and two at Sheridan, six and one. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about either team uh, heading in, but I saw some clips of uh, the running back, Peyton Cross. Mm-hmm. That's a big boy. I wouldn't want to tackle him. Just from from watching those clips of him alone, I'm going Sheridan. <laughs> I like it. Kyle? I, he was in our, I put him in our under-the-radar players uh, to watch a couple weeks ago, and he is a big dude. You know, he runs the ball hard. It's typical Bud Wright where they put the stick the ball in the running back's uh, hands and they uh, try to move you down the field. So Bud Wright, by the way, this this gives me a chance to say 442 uh, career victories now oh, for wow, the Moses. for the all time uh, coaching leader. Uh, so I don't know how much longer he's going to go. I mean, hopefully a long time. But uh, this is a very good team and they're ranked number ten now in one A. Uh, so be curious to see how far they can go. Uh, this will be a tough game for them, but I'll, I'm going to agree uh, with Akeem. I'm going to take Sheridan. Last uh, game before we get to Ron Colley, Pike and North Central, the battle of uh, two winless teams, but I know Pike has been in some really close games here uh, this season. Yeah, and I put this on because I think it will be a competitive game. I'm going to take uh, uh, Pike to win, and uh, they've kind of been you know, up and down some. They've been close with some good teams, and then some good teams they haven't matched up as well with. Uh, I think this will be a chance for them to, to get on the in the winning column, and, you know, it's, it's pretty rare. You know, Kevin O'Shea at North Central, they haven't – you know, been able to have a very good last couple seasons. He's a very good coach, though, and obviously he's won a lot of games in uh, you know over the course of his career. So I know they're hoping to get one too. But I'm going to take uh, Pike to get their first win. Akeem? Yeah, like Kyle was saying, I mean, uh, a matchup between two winless teams. I mean, mentally, I mean, I've played on a winless team. It's tough mentally, so it's good to see that one of these teams will end the season or end this week with a win. Hope for a close game, but I'm going Pike as well. Last game we have. Uh put away my phone and I forgot what the game was. We have Ron Colley yep. hosting Cincinnati Elder. 
a good out-of-state test here for the Royals. Akeem, who are you picking? Yeah, I mean, Elder, they have some athletes on their team. They have a 6'6 quarterback, Ben Schuster. He's like a switch-hitting outfitter on the baseball team mm-hmm. as well. Then they got a 6'8 pass catcher in oh, Carson Brown. Wow. So, yeah, that's a from 6'8 to 6, or 6'6 to 6'8. That's a connection that, you know, could cause some matchup problems for Ron Colley. I mean, like I said, Ron Colley definitely had a test last week against Louisville. That, like I said, it was a closer game than the score would make it look. But I'm going Ron Colley. Kyle? Yeah, you might put those guys on the Ron Colley offensive line as big as they are. That's uh, that's that's huge. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with uh, Akeem. I think Ron Colley keeps the momentum going. And, uh, again, check out Akeem's story on Luke Hansen, that offensive line. Uh, kind of broke it all down as to why they're having success and, and what they're doing, uh, and they're running him a lot. And, I, you know, I, I did talk to Luke also earlier this year about that he said hey that's that's what coach Quintana said was going to happen so <laughs> that's what we're doing uh and that and then really they haven't had much of a let up in their schedule so he's constantly pretty consistently getting the ball 35 40 times so that'll probably be the case again Friday he knows it the elder knows it <laughs> you know it's a matter of can you stop it and right now no one's really been able to do so so you know he's going to end up I don't know what he's going to end up with yards wise it'll be fun to see uh ultimately where he lands but you know, with two regular season games to go, uh, he's got a chance to put up some ridiculous numbers. Yeah, I did the math. So he's he comes he's averaging 270 yards uh, per game. So uh, to get the Ron Colley uh, single season record, he would need five more games at an average of 270 yards. Wow! And so they have two more regular season games, three more games in. They'd have to make it to the regional championship. So. That kind of, and we've already go. talked about it. Yeah, so <laughs> good luck putting up 270 yards right. on maybe, you know, Newpel, but he's on pace to break it in five games. So maybe if he goes 400, that kind of cuts that timeline down. But the single, Ron Colley's single season record is uh, within his sights. Is, he, it, is it Baron Hebler who's got, got that? Do you remember? No. Uh, the Was it the former AD, Mike? Um, oh, shit. In, yeah. in 1993. Okay. Um, I, it's in the story. Read the story yeah. and figure out. Who, yeah. <laughs> and Quite figure the out, tease. Yes, and figure <laughs> out who whose record Hanson's breaking. But, yes, I don't want to butcher his last name, so I'm not going to attempt it. But it's in the story. Mike, uh, or uh, uh, Baron Hebler a couple of years ago had similar. I know he was pretty close when uh, Ron Colley once stayed in 2020. And, and uh, I know, you know, Luke learned a lot uh, from Baron, you know, watching him. You know, a very patient runner, Barron was, and I, I see that with Luke uh, this year. Just seems to be more confident, waiting for holes, waiting for plays to develop. And, of course, you have a little time when you've got that kind of offensive line. But but uh, it kind of reminds me of the way Barron would run, you know, the, and it's working for him. So, boys, different on four games next week. So that means when we come to you live on Sunday, again at 8 o'clock for the selection show, we could have a new picks leader, which has to be pretty daunting for Akeem. You can't see it on camera, but he is shaking. Or he'll have a huge lead. Good. <laughs> That's true. Now Kyle's shaking. <laughs> They're both nervous. I'm excited. I could be more excited. Clark looks pretty jazzed behind the camera, too. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, boys, what do you have coming up here the rest of the week? Yeah, I'm on soccer duty the rest of this week. You I've are. got yeah games today and Saturday, so Brian could break that down for you better than I can. But I'm looking forward to some great masters, and I know there's a lot of soccer talent that I'm getting able to see, getting uh, a chance to see for the first time. So I'm excited. Kyle. Yeah, I've got the girls' game at Noblesville, so it should be an awesome yeah. atmosphere and game. So looking forward to that. And I've got a story coming on uh, Indiana Deaf uh, quarterback uh, Jaden DeFalco. And uh, just kind of about their program and him, and he's very good. And uh, they're kind of in transition uh, to be an eight-man program starting next year. Uh, so it's kind of a – it's fun. I went out to their game Saturday night uh, with Grace Hollers, our photographer, and, and it was totally different experience. I've been to one other – or maybe two other deaf games, but it's been a while. So 
uh, very cool. They had their homecoming, and they allowed me to go in the locker room with them and stuff. So very neat. Uh, hopefully can write a good story off that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, yeah, like I, like I keep mentioning, we'll have lots of soccer this week. I have had games Tuesday night. or Yeah, Tuesday night as you're watching this. Wednesday night we'll have games, Akeem and I. Kyle's helping out Thursday, Friday's off, and then Saturday, yeah, sectional championship day. Um, a lot of good games. I think we'll probably have at least four covered. Um, two boys, two girls, I think, is the plan. So it's a fun weekend. It's that time of year. Next week's volleyball sectionals. Uh, the sectional and random draw is stupid. I just want to reiterate that. I've been banging that draw a lot on Twitter, but it's just it's silly. As we talk now, I just covered the top two teams in the state played in the first round on a Tuesday night last night, which is just ridiculous and and there's matchups like that this year's draw for soccer seems like it's just especially bad but if you ask me it's time to change but in talking to coaches you know it doesn't seem like there's much momentum and I'm sure for the majority of schools why would you if you have a bad team you can get a good draw and go deep and extend your season so why wouldn't you want to do that it just yeah thanks for the good teams it does yeah and I it it is you know you kind of I've been here long enough where you just kind of like oh yeah well I forgot people coming in don't realize (laughs) because I was the same way as you once upon a time uh and I you know I I know in some sports you know in football included the coach association put up what I thought was a pretty cool idea uh for potential seating and doing some different things uh and it didn't you know it just didn't go very far so you know, I, I guess I've been it's been beaten out of me to uh to complain about it, but or not complain, but it is I mean I like to complain. Yeah, well, it's fair. not it's it, it does not make sense to have the one or two team in the state out in the first round of a any, right. you know, you want your best teams playing later in the tournament is my always thought about that. Um and now the other side is say, Well, you gotta beat so and so to get to that point, but Oh, don't you want your better games later? Right, yeah. The, like the, the Carmel Zionsville matchup was when I was referring to on the boys' side. It was inevitable. Like it, it really did feel like that because they've been the two best teams throughout. And certainly North Central could could throw a wrench in that. They're a really good team, too. And it, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see them beat Carmel by the time you're watching it have beaten Carmel in advance. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, wouldn't you want that later in the rounds? Yeah. And then, too, I think there's a discussion to be had about sectionals and how do we try to balance it out. And mm-hmm. not, you know, because, I mean, just the competitive balance is so uneven in some of these sectionals when it kind of makes sense to group everybody together, figure out a way that works with travel. Because as it is, you know, somebody pointed out on Twitter, Terre Haute's traveling all the way up to Center Grove for games as it is. So yeah. especially at least for the bigger schools, isn't there a way to massage a little bit, make it work travel-wise? I think four regionals make sense and seed it in from there. Mm-hmm. Take a little bit more work, but I think it'd be a lot better for the product and just, you know, I think it rewards teams for being good. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, and I'm fine with everybody getting in. Just just make sure we're taking care of the teams that are good, that have played hard schedules, and have, have worked to build their programs, giving them a good, you know, fair shot. I think there's a way to do it and have the sectional draw still because I know that's been something like, hey, we don't want to lose our draw. I think you can still do a draw and have some sort of a, uh, you know, have some sort of a reward. Uh, to, to be seated higher. Maybe you don't seat everyone, you just seat some, some of the top teams. Yeah, I think that might be the move. You just seat like the top half, mm-hmm. and then the rest you just ran and draw from there based on regions or something like that. Right. Happy middle ground, I think it makes sense. There you go. We yeah. we figured it out right yeah. here. Five minutes. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Pass enough money, we'll, we'll make this idea happen. <laughs> all right, well, we thank you all so much for watching. Uh, McKeem is ready to go with a big week of picks. We thank you all so much for watching. I don't know how to end the show anymore, but we'll be back with you Sunday night, 8 o'clock, selection show draw kyle have stories up we'll have the live show spaces facebook all the things we thank you all so much for watching we'll talk to you in a couple days